Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big opinions, the panel. 10.23 here on SENZ. Uh, Patrick McKendry uh, will be with us shortly. Uh, Ross Carl is uh, on the end of the phone right now as we speak as uh, part of the panel today. Uh, Ross spoke to uh, Hugh McGann this morning uh, with a wonderful tribute on a league legend uh, that has passed away, Olsen Philippina, at the very young age of 64. Sad loss. Yeah, really sad, isn't it? Uh, it was a little bit before my time in that the 1985 game. I was three years old. But um, all the same, you know, you watch what he did on YouTube and you see the videos and the tributes. And, you know, it's quite obvious that he was a special player with a special talent. I think, you know, he's obviously a guy that everyone's talking about as the person who paved the way for Marty Pacifica players. And, and when I was watching him run, there were people he reminded me of so much, guys like, Matu type from the Bulldogs or Solomon and Carter or Nani Lamape, that, that shorter, stockier, really powerful mm. runner that loves contact in the, in the centre of the field. And, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed watching him. He was obviously a, a wonderful player and made such a big impact in a period, I suppose, that was kind of a golden age, wasn't it, when you think of guys like McGann and, you know, Lowe and the Tamity Darling thing and, you know, all of those things that, that happened in that era. Um, he was such a huge part, so it was such a sad loss. Yeah, I was thinking Mark Graham, James Lulawai, Ross, so just phenomenal era, as you say. Uh, I'm not sure it's been um, met since that particular era in rugby league. Patrick McKendry is with us also, Pat. Uh, good morning to you. Yeah, just reflecting on the passing of Olsen Philippina, we had uh, Hugh McGann on, uh, and he was quite emotional, actually. So clearly, uh, Philippina, uh, not just on the field, but off the field, uh, struck an accord with New Zealanders. Yeah, g'day, Smithy. Yeah, you're quite right. I, I listened to Huey um, this morning on your show, and um, yeah, he made a lot of good points. You know, including the fact that Olsen was a trailblazer in many ways uh, in Australia and the NRL. And look, I, I, he hinted at it, but I think it probably you know needs to be gone into a wee bit further. He he did struggle, Olsen. Just reading an extract of his um, of his biography uh, this morning. Um, he, he really did struggle at times over there and um, with with depression, although it was undiagnosed, certainly had some some issues and yet he, he kept performing week in and week out. And I think the other thing that it highlights um, as we're remembering Olsen is what a great coach Graham Lowe was. You know, back in that um, golden era uh, of, of the mid-80s when New Zealand, uh, despite its uh, disadvantages, sort of stood toe-to-toe with Australia, Harry got the best out of um, all those players that he had, including Olsen and, and the other Pacific Islanders who make, make up such a big and uh, important element of the Kiwis. So, yeah, certainly certainly sad times. A, a special player, definitely, and a, and a very humble one as well. Yeah, he'll be feeling it, actually. He'll be feeling it. I'm just seeing an SENZ uh, Twitter come through, too, from uh, Tony Kemp, uh, headlined by the fact uh, simply he was a pioneer. And as you quite rightly point out, uh, Pat, uh, if you, the deeper you dig uh, about the life of Olsen Philippine, the book's called The Big O, 
uh, the more you will realise just how tough it was and how much adversity he met uh, during those times. Uh, doubling up to as a, a rubbish collector, running behind the trucks w- with the bins. Fascinating, absolute fascinating story. Uh, Patrick, uh, also, uh, of course, uh, UFC this weekend, uh, a big weekend for uh, three fighters in particular, and Israel Adesunya uh, is uh, headlining the act. He certainly is, against uh, Robert Whitaker, who he's beaten already in a, in a very dominant uh, performance. Um, of course, Whitaker, now domiciled in Australia, who's New Zealand-born, born in Auckland, uh, up against Israel Adesanya, who's on top of the world in many ways, having just um, signed a very lucrative uh, new deal with the UFC, which I think puts him pretty close to what Conor McGregor's earning, or certainly up in that bracket. Um, but yeah. I, I think uh, this, this event's going to be fascinating in many ways. Adesanya has already said that he wants to sort of dominate Whitaker more than he did last time, and that was a fairly compelling performance, so... Whatever you think of Israel Adesanya, um, and there are many opinions around, he, he, you can't deny that he's an entertainer and uh, he's an absolute uh, craftsman um, on top of his sport uh, when he gets in, in the octagon. So, yeah, it's just going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to it. Well, it would be a big, uh, Ross Calder, I think it would be a big pay-per-view ticket too for Sky, wouldn't it, in terms of the UFC with so much Kiwi interest? Oh, 100% with, with Israel, everything goes, you know, anything you put online. Uh, I remember we had him in the rugby broadcast for about 10 seconds a couple of years ago. We put that online and <laughs> it got millions upon millions of hits. You know, he is such a popular guy. And and uh, Paddy referred to the hot takes that are on Izzy. What I would say is, you know, when I first met him, probably back 2013, 2014, and he was a kickboxer with UFC Dreams, um, he was sleeping on Mike Ango's couch. You know, trying to make his way along the into the big time, he knew he could do it, and here we are. You know, eight years later, and we're hearing about nine-figure deals. Um, and he, you know, he, he's he's followed through on on his dream, and because he's such a special character and such a, a wonderful striker with such a huge reach and such a good counterpuncher, you know, um, he's just the full full package. And pay-per-view broadcasters, UFC, everyone knows that that's where you've got to be in, in a world where sporting stars, especially in New Zealand, are so understated and don't like to be a big deal. He's kind of completely broken the mould. And, you know, it's mm. been good to watch. And, and underneath it all, my dealings with him, I found him to be a really, really likeable, easygoing guy. You know, he's cocky, yeah. He, he believes in himself, yeah. But at the same time, he's, he's friendly, he's respectful, and, you know, he's good to work with. Uh, it's great to hear that, actually. Uh, it is um, particularly nine figures. That starts to make the old eyeballs go round at, at a decent rate, doesn't it? Nine figures. Goodness me. Uh, it's coming up news time, fellas. If you'll stay with us, uh, that'll be great. We've uh, got a couple of rugby issues to talk to and uh, maybe a little bit of endurance running as well. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Uh, 10.32 here on SENZ, uh, and we are with Ross Carl and Patrick McKendry this morning, and uh, Patrick, uh, just the bells, just the alarm bells, just starting to ring about the start of uh, Super Rugby Moana Pacifica, uh, uh, very heavily involved in those uh, alarm bells as well, um, COVID rearing its ugly head within the squad, and uh, their preparation has been tough as it is. 
Yeah, look, it's um, it's probably always going to happen, wasn't it? There's going to be um, scares throughout, isn't isn't there? And, and I, I guess um, no surprise. I do feel sorry for for everyone involved. I guess, um, especially the players and the the, the coaches uh, in their bubble in Queenstown. Um, you know, trying to do the right thing down there and uh, concentrate on rugby. Uh, for the foreseeable future, um, you know, while this thing's going on, it's, um, oh, mind you, it is, it's, it's hard for all of us, really, in, in many ways. But, um, yeah, it's uh, hopefully, um, once this weekend's out of the way, we can we can start the season properly, have a full, and have a full, um, certainly, opening round, um, because there's going to be, you know, so many things to look forward to, I think, you know, including... You know, will, will there be extra expectation on the Blues this season, given... Their, um, their success in the Super Rugby Australasia. Um, you know, how, how the Crusaders are going to go without Richie Moonga. Um, they, they tend to go fairly well without him, but certainly they're far more successful with him. Uh, and, and someone like Pablo Matera, the superstar signing from Australia, mm. uh, sorry, from Argentina and the Crusaders too. Look, looking forward to seeing how he goes. So certainly um, there's going to be some, um, some difficulties uh, over the next three or four weeks, but hopefully we can start on schedule. Oh, I, th- I think you have to take your hat off to them just the same, Chris Lindrum and co. Uh, Ross, for, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the logistics of, of, of having to organise this and put it all together and put protocols around it, which have to be strictly adhered to by a lot of people. Um, we're not just talking about one squad here. We're talking about a lot of people uh, under these rules. Um, and it, and it, it appears at the end of it we're going to get a comp. Yeah, well, hopefully we do. Uh, I suppose it shows just how ahead of the game Peter Blandis from NRL was when he took everyone in that whole competition to one place and made it work a couple of years ago, you know. And and now, a couple of years later, we're still battling to make these things happen in all these situations. And, and NZR have come up with a last-minute plan. They've got it over the line. And, you know, hopefully Moana Pacifica get through and, and we'll see them um, in the first week or so. But... Yeah, it's, uh, it's just so difficult. Um, it's difficult for NZR, it's difficult for the players, their families. Um, at Sky, you know, we're constantly chopping and changing to try to keep up. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a real nightmare and, you know, it's, it's not going away, isn't it? We, we're going to have a couple more years of this. And so, in a way, what NZR have done now, I think they've got to treat as a blueprint for next year and the year after and say, hey, we need to organise this early. We need to come up with plans to be in a certain place to make sure all of this can happen. And, yeah, we might have Omicron or whatever the next variant comes through and it might take out a team for a week or it might take out a couple of players for a week or cancel a couple of trainings, but we've got to make sure that we are in this place and maybe we have to forget about crowds. Maybe we have to look at at another way of doing it for the next couple of years just so we can get this across the line consistently and not be worrying about changing tack all the time. Yeah, it, it is an interesting one. Um, uh, Patrick, uh, aside from all that, I mean, we've almost lost track of the rugby itself, and it's so close. Mm. Uh, who, who are you looking at? Uh, I mean, are, are we looking at an, another Crusader-dominated competition? What about the possibility of the Blues, as you pointed out, after their success? Uh, what, what about the other squads? We, we kind of have forgotten about the rugby but haven't we you're right um look i'm assuming that crusaders will be strong again they, they're just so well coached um well and they look so well drilled when they play um and they've got so many great players obviously so that's pretty pretty good formula in itself um yeah i think the blues will be there thereabouts and um you know 
I do feel sorry for Moana Pacifica. Um, you know, they, they got taught a bit of a lesson in the first preseason game against the Chiefs. Uh, I think everyone expects them to struggle, but um, you know, h- how much of a, of a lift would it have been to play at, at Mount Smart from the start, and, and especially against the Blues, as scheduled in that round one game originally scheduled at Mount Smart Stadium, they would have had a great crowd. It, it would have been a fantastic occasion, and, and I think you know they'll probably be the ones who suffer most. I, I would have thought in, in, in that bubble and playing in front of empty stadiums. Um, so that'll be really difficult for them. But um, certainly, I think Crusaders and Blues will be the front runners. Is that the way that you see it, Ross? It's hard to argue with that, really, when you look at the squads um, and the coaching lineups, and uh, they look good. The Blues look good. I think Stan Sullivan is a huge addition for them. Uh, it's going to be really good to see um, Bowden playing um, consistently. Uh, the Crusaders will do what the Crusaders do, but it's hard to imagine one of those two not coming out on top at the end. And saying that, it's always been a close comp for the last four or five years, and those teams will be upset along the way. And, you know, a lack of home advantage um, early on can probably bring a couple of interesting uh, results. Um, but mm. they, on paper, look like the teams. Yeah, I, I totally agree in, in all respects there. But I also also uh, I fancy two or three really big upsets uh, in these first two or three weeks while things get underway and people get adjusted to uh, life uh, differently in the rugby sense. Now, uh, of course, so many things have been uh, called off, gentlemen, over the, the course of the last couple of years. Uh, it's great to see uh, the 40th edition of the Coast to Coast, the one-day event anyway, is uh, going to proceed, uh, Patrick, and, and that is an iconic event in New Zealand going way back to Robin Judkins in the, in the day, yeah. 1982, oh. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, mem- the memories. Um, I, I actually, I was lucky enough to cover it as a as a reporter many years ago, um, which is a which is a fantastic experience um, because you sort of um, you, you get an insight into what brings this event together, and, and it's a special one. Um, it, it's a special one for South Islanders in particular, but really for all of New Zealand because it's it's been so popular for so long, and, and people travel from all around to to compete in it. Um, so yeah, uh, fingers crossed it it'll, it'll go ahead. Uh, obviously, um, because yeah, I actually have taken part in it many many years ago in a, in a two-day teams um, edition of the race. Uh, so I've, I've run over Go Pass a couple of times, um, which is quite challenging, obviously. And um, once once is uh, practice, and, and the and the other one is as part of the event itself. And and I did the last cycle into Sumner into to a fairly strong northeasterly headwind. So. Yeah, I've, I've just got fond memories of that of that event, and I, I hope it continues for a long time. I, I just got to ask you. I mean, not very often you talk to someone who has done it. Um, Pat, uh, what about the mental side of it for you? How often um, during the, <laughs> the time that you were doing it did you think uh, to hell with this, to hell with it? Uh, no, look, I, I was pretty fit back then. I was living in Invercargill and training. Um, certainly, I was cycling competitively and doing a little bit of running um but i think you, you sort of when you're younger you're a bit fitter and it sort of gets you through but i was you know w- with quite a, a competitive bunch in terms of um trainer training and trainers so it wasn't too bad um in terms of i do remember though um the uh because there's, there's no there's no track obviously on, on goat pass so you sort of have to go partly by instinct and partly 
remembering the first time you went over. So, I mean, that, that's that's good. It keeps you your, your brain occupied. Uh, and so you're not always sort of thinking about how, how much you're suffering or struggling. So I do remember that before that last cycle ride, I, I was quite thirsty sort of waiting around for my, my partner, Dave, to come off the kayak on the Wymac River. And um, obviously, so I, I, I drank a can of Fanta, which probably wasn't the best thing to do. It, it didn't sit right with me uh, in many ways over the next two hours. But, um, yeah, it's, it's such a fun event. And I, um, uh, I guess everyone sort of competes at their own level. Um, because you're not not necessarily, you know. Certainly, the guys that I was um, training and racing with, I, I, I wasn't. Um, you know, we weren't going to trouble the the uh, podium at all. So you sort of compete against yourself more than anything. But uh, yeah, good times. Uh, being the athlete uh, that you are, Ross Carl, did you have you ever uh, thought about have Have you ever thought about it? Um, um, I mean, it's here. Here we've got one of the I think iconic New Zealand. Uh, I mean, it's world worldwide known. I mean, iconic. Uh, New Zealand uh, races, events. Yeah, I haven't thought about it. I'll leave to the super athletes like Pat McKendry and Richie McCaw, um, and I'll <laughs> I'll watch the coverage on the news. But not really my game. If I've got a, if I've got a ball or bat in my hand, I'm interested. Um, but no, no, not thought about it. But it is cool. Um, uh, you kind of really got to respect people who, who do it. And I can only imagine, Patty. Is there a sense of euphoria almost as you finish? You know, considering what you've done. Yeah, it, it, euphoria on both days, really. When you come off the run, that's pretty special with the music blasting and, and everyone sort of watching and cheering. That's pretty cool. And, you know, obviously this, the same applies at Sumner, really. So, you know, to, to be able to go um, from one side of the South Island to the other under your own steam, um, that's amazing. Uh, and it's, uh, I think that just adds to the special nature of the event. How long, Pat? Can you remember your quickest time? Oh, look, I think I did the run in about four and a half hours, which, looking back, is quite quick, I think. And um, I think I did the cycle leg, which is 70K in, a, in just a touch over two hours. But, um, you know, I was, I was, as I say, I was quite fit back then, and I was doing a bit of training. So, um, yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it, it was a fun weekend. Uh, uh, just uh, something before you go, Ross, too, with the, the Super Rugby uh, kicking in, of course, so it means uh, Sky will be uh, ramping up a, a lot of uh, magazine shows and shows uh, around it, of course, so uh, all set to, to kick into gear there. That's right. We've got the breakdown returning, obviously. Uh, slight change this year. The first episode will be on Monday night um, because of clashes with uh, Winter Olympic stuff, but it's going to be going to Sunday night um, from here on in, so people can get their, their fix of rugby, the rap for the weekend, understanding of the talking points and hot takes from JK and, and Jeff and Mills, etc., on a Sunday night. So we're making a bit of a change up there. And then you know, through the week, we'll have other bits and bobs available for you. Our Rugby Pod will be on, James Parsons, Bryn Hall, myself, um, for a bit more of a, I suppose, a technical look into things and a, and a player's point of view. Um, and then, yeah, as the weeks are on, we'll have podcasts uh, available for people to listen to, including a breakdown podcast, um, an audio pod mm-hmm. from the breakdown, where they'll get into the issues as they happen. So the breakdown can give you what you need throughout the week. Um, and not just on a Sunday night when teams are named on a Thursday and something big's happened. Um, Goldie and uh, JK and Mills and even Jim Kays are going to jump on the blower and put a, uh, a podcast out to give you a bit of insight into what's going on. Sounds great, Ross. Uh, look forward to, uh, to all those ideas coming to fruition uh, and uh, they'll go down well, I'm sure. And this Rugby Nation, and to you, Pat, uh, thank you very much too for your insight, particularly uh, on the coast to coast. Uh, thanks, fellas, for being part of the panel this morning. 
Uh, we'll have another one Monday morning, of course, with plenty of subjects emerging from over the weekend, I'm sure.